Welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast with me, Molly Herford, on the mic for a solo episode, our last one of 2023, which feels so weird saying that. Oh my gosh, where did the last two months go? I actually had to check my calendar because when I realized that this episode was coming up, I was like, didn't I record a solo episode like 10 minutes ago? But that was actually a couple months back when I did sort of our heading into Q4 episode. And now here we are, end of the year, looking ahead at 2024. And oh my gosh, if you have been with us for a while, you know what kind of a wild ride it's been this year. If you are new here, uh, we've been doing this podcast for a year and a half now. Uh, But my little background is my husband and I have had the Consummate Athlete podcast for almost eight years now. And uh, in addition to kind of all of my different little jobs I do within the outdoor industry, primarily in the writing journalism space, uh, I actually also started my own small business this year uh, with Strong Girl Publishing. And in the time since we've started it, we've put out uh, a couple books. We've put out one of mine. We've put out one from an amazing young poet. We've put out a few planners. Uh, things are things are going well. It's been really hectic. And it's funny, uh, as I was looking back at last year, I realized I usually do a word of the year. That's kind of how I think about resolutions. I really like the idea of just kind of one word that really defines the whole year. And all December, all January, I was really kind of struggling to find the word. And my brain kept coming too strong. But for whatever reason, I wasn't quite feeling it. For some reason, I just felt like maybe that was a little too harsh. I sort of thought that I wanted to have a bit more of a, an easy, calmer year. Um, and so I picked intentional with the idea that I was going to be really intentional in decisions that I made and you know, really slow down and try to take on a little bit less. Uh, best laid plans and all that, um, this idea of strong clearly just wanted to come out because by the time February or March rolled around, I had suddenly come up with this whole pitch deck basically for Strong Girl Publishing. Uh, Just as we were at kind of a training camp, I started thinking more and more about the few girls who'd reached out to me in the past year and asked about how they could write books and thinking about all of my books that have been kind of just sitting Uh, you know, in self-publishing gray area of what do I do with them? Um, And suddenly this idea for Strong Girl Publishing just sort of came together very naturally. Uh, So I guess it's funny, I tried so hard to fight against the phrase strong for the year, but clearly that ended up being where my head and my heart were. Uh, so we started that and it's been, yeah, going, going pretty well, Uh, you know, way more work than I well, not more work than I anticipated, but uh, more work than I maybe hoped for sure. But it's been great. And honestly, so many of our guests this past year have really helped me. Um, You know, I've had a couple of publishing specific ones, but really all of the guests who've started their businesses from the ground up have been just so, so great to talk to. And hopefully all of you listening have kind of had the same feeling of oh, it's not just me going through this thing or trying to figure this thing out. Um, I'd say out of everything I've learned, you know, I've gotten some really great practical advice from awesome people like Brenda Smith talking about accounting and tons of great tips on entrepreneurship and startups and all of that stuff. But really just having a community of women who are doing similar things in the industry, 
I think that's really what's what's made me so excited about all of my guests this past year. Why I love talking to Feisty Media's Sarah Gross over and over again. Um, so, you know, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, thank you for listening because without you all listening, uh, we wouldn't be able to do this. So just know that I appreciate you so much and hopefully, you know, myself or our guests have helped you hopefully kind of try to figure out what it is that you're doing for the next year. Uh, clearly my word of the year this year, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna lean in. It's strong. It's going to be strong. We're going to have a strong year. Uh, So before I get totally into my end of year goal setting and thinking about business for the next year, uh, I did want to remind everyone we have a quick, quick little survey to fill out about the business of fitness. We just really want to hear from you, what you want to hear more of, uh, guests you'd love to hear from, topics you want to hear covered. Uh, It takes about 30 seconds to fill out. So please do us a solid and just pop into the show notes, grab that link, fill it out. Or if you miss it in the show notes, just find me at Molly J. Herford or at business.of.fitness on Instagram, and you can take it there. Uh, And the other thing to check out is actually Feisty Media's amazing merch all about watching and supporting women in sport. The sweatshirts are super, super cute. Uh, There's, you know, awesome, awesome short sleeve shirts, sleeveless shirts. Uh, I'm obsessed with the Watch Women's Sports sweatshirt. It's the one that I really love. It's very cozy. Uh, So definitely, if you're looking to support women's sports in the new year, uh, check out that merch drop. So many cute things. Okay, let's talk goal setting for 2024. And I was trying to think about how I could make this not necessarily different than anything I've done in the past, because I do think a lot of what I've done has worked. But for a business, you know, I get, you've heard me say this a billion times, I get so freaking annoyed when someone doing a business podcast compares business to running a marathon or like lifting weights in the gym. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you already know how to run a marathon or how to lift weights in the gym. Uh, We don't really need kind of faux training jargon applied to our business stuff. Uh, So I will, I promise to really try hard to avoid athletic examples of how to goal set because I think that's crap when it comes to business. That said, I also do not think that you should really keep your goals in buckets where they never touch. Uh, I'm a big fan. I've talked about this with calendars, but the same is true for goals. Uh, If you're setting work goals over here and family goals over here and finance goals over here and athletic goals over here, uh, you've probably come up with so many goals that you literally have no chance of meeting them all in this year. Uh, Because you're just not really considering what it's going to take to do your athletic goal is going to take away from your ability to do this financial goal or this family goal or this work goal and vice versa. So while I will talk a little bit about my athletic life here, do not think that uh, I'm trying to do it from a here's how you set business goals by running a marathon. Uh, It's more just that we like taking a holistic approach to how we're looking at our lives. And I know if you're listening to this, you're probably in this industry because you have big athletic goals, uh, but you're listening to this because you also have big business goals. And I think the two can certainly coexist. That's a big you know, thing for me this year. Um, but I think it's very tricky to keep the two uh, sort of even while still enjoying our lives. So that said, we really want to start our coming year by looking back at where we've been this year, what's worked, what hasn't. Uh, and really what we can do better in the coming year before we even start thinking about specific goals. 
So this is maybe where my racing thing comes in. But often when I talk about uh, post-race breakdowns with athletes, we're always talking about the good, better, best model. It's my favorite because no matter how old you are, no matter how pro you are, uh, this really works well. Um, so good, you're talking about a couple things that you did really well. You know, in the case in the case in the case of a race, you're talking about you know I fueled really well. But in the case of your business, you could be talking about like I made a kick-ass logo or I showed up on social media consistently, you know, almost every day this year, or I finally got my website up and running. Uh, so that's you're good. You're better is okay. What could have gone better? You know, maybe you got your website up, but you didn't do any of the business registration, like the legal and financial side of it. But you got, you know, you got your website up, but just not there with the actual business side of things yet. Okay, there's one. Uh, you know, maybe you were just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall when it came to marketing. You didn't really have a plan. You were just kind of tossing stuff out and really hoping something stuck. Uh, maybe, you know, you paid a lot of money to get a very professional website done, but the website kind of sucks and you don't really have the, you didn't really have the the courage to tell your web designer that this website sucks and you need to redo. So make a list of those things, but start with the what went well. Do not go straight into what sucked. It's very tempting because frankly, uh, you know, as, as women in particular, we tend to really beat ourselves up over stuff. So the point of this exercise is to first build ourselves up with what went well, because we really do need to celebrate those wins. But then we come down to, okay, well, what could have gone better? And I like the framing of what could have gone better, because you're not saying this sucked, I sucked, I failed, this is a failure. You're just saying, here's a thing that could have gone better. So we're going to look at that. And then to to get to the the best, so good, better, best. Best is really looking at that list of things that could have gone better and saying, okay, what can I do next year to be at my best? So you're looking at both the good and the and the things you could things that could have gone better. I hesitate to say bad here. You're looking at that and you're thinking, what is it that I can do in the future to be at my best? And this is where we're going to kind of start to get some ideas for resolutions, ideas for goals in 2024, ideas for the action items we need to take. Uh, but we really do need to look at, you know, what went well and then what didn't go well. Uh, so take a little bit of time, do that. I like making just, you know, quadrants on a page. I find it fun. I also like doing quadrants. So the, you know, actually quarters of a page. So you can actually have that best column for both your good and your better. Uh, because I do think while it's important to work on our weaknesses, it is equally important to promote our strengths. So, oh, you're, you know, really doing well showing up on TikTok. Okay. What does the best version of that look like? We don't just need to think about how to make the thing that we didn't do as well better. We want to think about how can we make the thing we're already doing well, even better. So really leaning into those strengths as well as working on our weaknesses. Uh, for me, oh my gosh, my list of things that I want to work on more in the new year is lengthy. Uh, but a lot of it centers around two, two major buckets for me. That is the social media marketing side of things. And then the very business structure side, um, you know, with, with Stronger Publishing, as with everything else I do, my main thing that I'm good at, the thing that I 
like have built my career on is content creation, but not in the the social media content creation side, not videos on Instagram, not, uh, you know, TikTok videos, not, not really video at all. Uh, I'm much more of a podcast and words person, but, you know, especially with Strong Girl Publishing, we're putting out so much great content in our books, uh, both I'm going to say with myself, you know what, my books are damn good. Uh, and with our authors, they're amazing. Um, but really trying to get that all out there is super important. And that's where the social media and the marketing comes in. Uh, and also, you know, there's a lot of business stuff. And luckily, I think I've started in a pretty decent place and, you know, doing it very small and smart and print on demand where I don't have huge amounts of products and major warehouse fees or anything. So it's a very lean business, but I still do need to make sure that everything is staying in order, especially as we hopefully grow in the new year. Um, all right. Next thing on my list here is this is the big one, actually. This is the this is the meat and potatoes of this episode is the idea of defining success for ourselves. And this is so interesting and something I've been really thinking about talking to a lot of people about lately. It's this idea of do you want to build something that is, you know, going to get so big that you're going to get bought out for millions, or do you want to build a lifestyle company that, you know, makes enough money that you can keep doing it for a long time and you can maybe even scale back to where you're not doing as much, but it's still generating revenue. Um, this is the slow growth versus fast growth, going all in on something versus letting it unfold at a more kind of calm pace. So I think this is just really important to start thinking about is what do you really want? And the way I've been thinking about this lately, the way that I, because, okay, part of me, a large part of me is always inclined to want to be like, let's hustle harder. Let's go. Let's make Stronger Publishing a multi-million dollar company by the end of 2024. It's going to take seven days a week, late nights, you know, getting on TikTok, whatever. Um, <laughs> that's how my brain wants to work. And then the other part of my brain's like, Molly, you dummy. You also want a podium at Leadville. You also want to be able to renovate your bathroom without freaking out that you have no money coming in because you've you know stopped doing everything else in favor of pushing this, you know, company. Um and furthermore, do you really want to be working at night? Do you really want to be working 7 days a week? Probably not. So this is where I think this concept of I, I'm probably not the first person to say it, but we're really trying to find this balance between what your big, audacious, hairy goals look like, what the culmination of that is going to look like, combined with what your ideal day. And this is not your like, I'm in a spa in Switzerland and, you know, just having hiked up the Alps and now I'm getting a massage. Like, this is like, oh, my ideal day is you know, I wake up early, I get to snuggle with my dog, you know, I have a nice breakfast with my husband and we sit and we drink coffee. And then I'm able to, you know, spend the morning doing a lot of writing. And then I do a couple of calls in the afternoon, maybe a podcast, maybe an interview. We get to walk the dog. Maybe I come back, do a couple other little things, uh, you know, get on, get on Instagram, whatever. Then we have this really nice dinner. And then I don't have to necessarily go back to work. Maybe we occasionally have an evening event, but like, most of the time after dinner, I can just shut down, shut off. 
that's, you know, that's my ideal day. Oh, and finding time, obviously, to run and train in there as well, uh, because that's obviously a huge part of my life too. Um, but really, that ideal day ha- is not going to work with the uber hard hustle mentality of trying to grow Strong Girl Publishing super quick, super fast, and make it huge by the end of 2024. Uh, I mean, you know, there's always a chance it'll just naturally go viral and boom, we're good to go. But the reality is it's it's probably not going to. It's probably going to have a slow growth trajectory. And I'm starting to realize like I'm much more okay with that than I would have been maybe a few years ago. Um, so I think it's really important to, you know, you might have these kind of visions for your business and it's great to write down these big goals, you know, where you want it to be in 10 years, where you want it to be at the end of this year, two years, five years, however you, you want to define your, your time frame. but then also go to the granular. What does your optimized day look like? What does your ideal day look like? Um, and see where those two overlap and where they don't. So I do think at some point, you know, we're going to like, I'm going to have to hustle on Strong Girl Publishing. I'm going to have to do some events that, you know, maybe stress me out, maybe scare me a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to spend time chasing editors, trying to get coverage of books and, you know, spend time in the business, doing the books, making sure my authors are getting paid, uh, you know, dealing with printing issues. That's just, that's part of the game. Sure. But how close can I bring my sort of long, long-term goals to my short-term ideal day? Like what, what can that possibly look like? Um, and I think that makes me much more realistic about my one-year goals. I think you can have those big audacious 10-year goals or five-year goals, but I do think your goal for this year should still be largely based in the, what does your optimal day look like? And I mean, you, this is my optimal day. I just talked about is really not my everyday. I am doing so many more things. That I would really rather not have to, or like that just aren't part of that ideal day. Um, but how can I get closer to that ideal day? Um, you know, without, without sacrificing what is ideal about my day already, like at the moment. So I think it's great to have big goals, but to bring our resolutions down to ones that are are small and are more of those like daily, weekly things that are going to move us closer to the big goals, but will also move us in the direction of having the optimal day, optimal week that we really do want. So I think that's that's really what I'm thinking about as I'm thinking about heading into 2024, finding that balance point between the two while again, really going for the goal. I don't want to suggest that this is me saying like, oh yeah, like really let your goals take a back seat while you make sure your days are as easy and comfortable as possible. Absolutely not. But just keeping in mind that your goal should not make you have a life that you hate. Like that's that's not going to work in the long run anyway. It's not going to get you to your actual goal. Um, and if you actually think about your big goal now and you think about like your, your day-to-day and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to hate that day-to-day, it might be time to rethink that big goal. Uh, that's definitely to come back to the racing example. Apologies for this. Uh, you know, back when I was ra- or back when I was racing Ironman, I loved doing Ironmans, but the day-to-day hours that it takes in the pool, on the bike, and on the run, it was unsustainable for me if I wanted to have my ideal day, my ideal life. And I mean, granted, now I run 100 milers, so we're not talking about like 
you know, I have not given up on my athletic endeavors by any stretch, but I have found weirdly enough a, you know, type of ultra endurance racing that gives me the freedom that I need during just average days, average weeks where I'm not, you know, spending so much time in training. So it makes way more sense for me. It has let me create my ideal day, even while still going after these big goals. So maybe the athletic example will help you because, you know, you're out there, you know what it's like. Um, so the other the other thought I had, I mentioned it before, I love the word of the year. I think it's a really good way to kind of uh, put all of your, your intentions under one umbrella. You know, for me, strong works really well for both my racing and my, my business and, you know, everything else in, in my life. Uh, although if I could be a little bit stronger with... Uh, disciplining my dachshund and maybe training him a little bit better. That would be great. Uh, he is my one weak point, we'll say. Uh, but otherwise, I think uh, strong is a pretty good word for me and you know where my, my focus certainly is. Uh, but I also really like mantras that maybe don't even necessarily like define your goals, but are, are goals in and of themselves. Um, I recently heard Miley Cyrus uh, or an old interview with Miley Cyrus where she talked about her mantra before she goes on stage is she says to herself, I always show up. I love that mantra. I always show up. I think it's great whether, you know, you're getting on Instagram live, posting a TikTok, uh, hopping on a call with someone doing like a coffee meeting, um, you know, anything you're doing, writing an article, recording a podcast, showing up for your yoga class that you're teaching, your spin class that you're teaching, uh, just telling yourself, I always show up and like show ups in italics here, right? Or capitals or underlined, bold, whatever. Uh, you know, you're, you're not just physically present, you are truly showing up. And that's how I want to be for not just work stuff, but like every conversation I have with a friend or with my husband or, you know, with my tiny dog, whatever. <laughs> I want to, I want to always show up. And the other mantra that made me remember to put this point down actually was today. Uh, I interviewed the two women who founded Basecamp, which is one of the coolest newsletters for jobs in the outdoor industry. Uh, that'll be coming out in January, but if you're not on their newsletter yet, please go join it. It is so good. So many cool job opportunities. Uh, but Jenna of Basecamp uh, used the phrase, I, I asked, so I asked her how she manages to show up on Instagram so consistently, how she does really funny videos all the time. And they're, you know, a little wacky. They're out there. They're funny. They're so good. And I asked her how she gets over the stress of being on camera because it's something I'm really trying to work on. And she just said, I opt out of embarrassment and opting out of embarrassment. Like what an amazing thing to say. Like I just choose to not even consider the fact that this might embarrass me. I freaking love it. Opt out of embarrassment. Oh my gosh. Just, I would put that on a neon sign. I would like post that everywhere. I said to her, I want to tattoo it on myself. Like I need to embrace that kind of energy. Um, because, you know, sometimes, especially with, I mean, Strong Art Publishing, our main demographic is middle grade and young adult. And let me tell you, as a 36-year-old woman, I am terrified of teenagers and I am so, so scared of embarrassing myself in front of them because, I mean, let's be honest, like that is a judgy age. I was judgy as heck when I was that age. Uh, so sometimes when I'm talking to groups of them, I'm just like, oh my God imagine myself listening to me now, like, but as a 17 year old, 
I would be mortified for myself. Uh, but you know what? I'm opting out of it. I'm opting out of that embarrassment. And I'm going to try to do the same as I'm posting on social, both on mine and on Strong Girl Publishing and try to be out there more. So that's that. Uh, and last two quick little things before we wrap up this pretty short episode. So you can hopefully have a little bit of extra time to maybe journal about some of these 2020, 2024 thoughts. Uh, celebrate success as it comes. Uh, I was just actually talking to uh, one of my soon-to-be authors uh, that's going to get announced in January, which I'm very excited about. We're co-writing a book together. Um, and one thing we were talking about were a couple of records that she broke and the nature of the sport she's doing was that even you know after she broke the records, it was still boom, 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 race, race, race right after it. And I asked her if she'd ever printed out the, you know, where the record is on the the website of the 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 school. And she's like, no, why would I? And I was like, well, don't you want to look at it? Don't you want to see it? Don't you want to celebrate it? And she had never even thought of it. So she literally, like when we got off the call, she went and did that, which I love. Uh, but I think it's so important, especially again, for us as women, we are so bad at celebrating our successes. We are so good at being mad at ourselves for our quote unquote failures, but we are so bad at not just celebrating our successes, but telling people about them. But I'm going to say, let's make all of our goals for 2024 to celebrate even the smallest successes, even if you are not posting about it on social media. It's not that you have to, you know, tell the world about every tiny thing that goes right, but you can take the two seconds and acknowledge when something goes well. You can have that little like, yes, moment at your desk where you like fist bump. Uh, you know, you can go out and get the freaking croissant and, you know, fancy coffee to celebrate closing the deal with a new client. Um, just just take that time and really lean into that. I think uh, it was mountain biker Haley Smith told me she does write down, or she did at the time, write down one thing every day that she did well or that went well. And, you know, at the end of the year, you have 365 things that you did well in a day, 365 wins. They can be the teensiest thing, but I love that idea. Uh, if you're really bad at celebrating yourself, I think that's a really good place to start because it really forces you to look for wins everywhere. Uh, and it really helps shift that mindset. Um, and the last thing before we go is, you know, a lot of people have tuned into this podcast because they are just starting out on their business journey. They're probably still working, uh, you know, more traditional nine to five, or they're trying to pivot their business to being more athletically focused. Uh, I know a lot of people that are in that space where they, you know, kind of have the day job and want to make a go of making it more athletically targeted, but just aren't quite there yet or are starting, but haven't, you know, quite made the move. And I just wanted to say, know that you don't have to have it all figured out yet. It doesn't need to be going amazingly from day one. I mean, God knows, like I didn't change anything when I started Strong Girl Publishing as far as like everything else that I'm doing. That is strictly a side hustle thing that I have started on top of everything else because I do not expect it to be profitable in the near future. I think it is going to be a long game. Um, when I told a very good friend and mentor about it, he looked at my deck for it, the presentation that I made last March. Uh, and he looked at me and he said, this is going to be legacy. And while he meant it in the nicest possible way and like the most positive way, 
I also see that as the reminder that this is not a tomorrow. It's a New York Times bestsellers all over the place. And we have millions of dollars coming in and publishing houses are clamoring to partner with us or buy us or any of that. This is a this is, you know, just going to be a slow growth process. And that's totally okay. That's great. Uh, It doesn't have to all be figured out yet. I can figure it out as I go. And that's going to be fine. Um, And, you know, I looked this up right before I got on here. Most businesses take 18 to 24 months before returning any profit. And that's the businesses that become profitable. There's a huge percentage of businesses that go out in the first year uh, that, you know, again, fail in the first year or, you know, the person gives up on it in the first year because it's not profitable. But you know, we're looking at it's going to be a couple years before you conceivably start seeing any real return on all of the, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's energy investment that you're putting into the thing. So do not freak out if it has not happened yet. Uh, we just want to figure out how to make the slow growth the or whatever speed growth. We want to figure out how to make it sustainable so that it still fits into your ideal day most days, or at least it's moving towards that ideal day, Um, or at the absolute bare minimum, it's not detracting from your ideal day. It's not this goal that's out there that you think you want, but is actually just like wrecking how every day of your life is going. So that's what I have to say on goals for this coming year. Uh, We'll actually have another episode, hopefully uh, in early January, talking goal setting with my very good friend and author, Rachel Peugeot. Uh, We're actually doing a workshop uh, for Strong Girl Publishing, kind of talking through her annual planner. And hopefully I will be able to record that and do that as an episode because I think she's going to have so many really fun things to say about how she thinks about the coming year. So with that, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope everyone has a fabulous holiday season um, and I will talk to you all soon. Please do me a favor, rate, subscribe, review. It means so much. And please, please, please take that survey I mentioned. Again, link in the show notes. I appreciate you all so much. Good luck with your goal setting, your business, your holiday, etc. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for tuning into the Business of Fitness podcast. Hopefully you got a lot from this episode and hopefully it's going to help you with your business in the fitness industry. Make sure you're following along with me over at at Molly J. Herford and at business.of.fitness over on Instagram. Keep up with Feisty over at livefeisty.com for tons of fun stuff. And of course, if you like this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave us a rating and review. Thanks so much and we'll see you soon.